Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. You know it's all about the news! Jay and Troy, baby! Hello, welcome to the news. Andy from the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Got a little ahead of myself there. My name is Jay, joined by Troy. How are you, mate? Boom. Good, mate. You? I'm all right. My, my voice is hurting a little bit from doing that. <laughs> I'm, uh, Don't worry about it. I'm good. I'm, I'm preparing my body for the weekend. I've got, I've got a barbecue to attend. I've got my mate's new hot tub I'm going to dive into. I'm also doing some wrestling training at FTGU Ooh. in Leicester. Yeah, man. That'd be fun. No. Yeah, for Big Jim Diehard of the henchmen. So, uh, so we'll see how that goes. All your body. Someone, wow, someone's getting a spotting buster. It's not going to be me. I don't know about that. Jim be, fucking, be dishing one out, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, shall we, um, we just get right into it? Yes, mate. Let's get on the news. So, PW Insider has pointed out that WWE has removed Ric Flair from their opening video package, replacing them with Ultimate Warrior. Um, One one, one leg to the other. Um, (laughs) Multiple people have also noted the company has removed some merchandise from from WWEshop.com. Obviously, this is in regards to the allegations coming out from uh, Dark Side of the Ring about the plane ride from hell. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, very, very severe allegations in regards to like sexual assault. And Ric Flair, is, he, he vehemently denied it, but then it was like, well, I don't think he's seeing the point. It's like, yeah. Just- it, yeah. It, He's basically like, he tried to shift blame to anyone else. He didn't apologize for his actions. Then he did release a statement apologizing for his actions. A little too little, too late. And then there's a note, the Chris Canyon dark side of the ring, which came out last night, which I haven't seen yet. And before, um, before that, that came out, he was putting damage limitation tweets out on Twitter. Uh, oh, which, really? Oh, fuck. Like, oh, boy. Um, I haven't seen them. What did they say? Uh, Give me two seconds because I put them on Discord before. Uh, If you're not a member of our Discord, quick plug for that. Uh, Get involved in it because it's bloody brilliant. All sorts of stuff on there. Um, Discord uh, is at Untitled Rest Pod. Uh, Loads of news stuff, loads of up to to date, up to speed, like instant bits of news, wrestling chat, regardless of what promotion you watch. Uh, but also music, games, film, TV. Uh, we've got a Danhausen channel and a Bivens channel. So that's Bivens. fun. Bivens. Um, so yeah, get on it. Yeah, so basically uh, Ric Flair um, years ago called into the um, called into the Howard Stern show when Canyon was a guest. It was just, it was shortly after uh, Canyon had been released from WWE and not long before he took his own life. Um. And basically just tore him a new arsehole. And Ric Flair said, it breaks my heart here later on that he took it, took this so hard, calling into guests that were seen as hostile to WWE was part of the job then. I should have, should not have said that nobody had ever been released. Uh, there's no way I could have known that for sure. 
Uh, and he said, I was telling the company line, uh, love is love, is love is love is love, and everyone should be able to love whoever. And however, I think he may have said some homophobic remarks. Oh, say, yeah. Um, however, they choose to, without huge fear of um, reprisal. He was like, I wasn't a huge Canyon fan as a worker, but Chris Cleese, I can't say his surname, <laughs> but Chris was a hell of a good guy. Um, and yet, it's one, one of those things where it's just like, just fucking stop talking. Just, just stop talking. Stop digging. Like, like the, the statement he said in regards to the dark side of the ring, then he deleted it and then he reposted it and then he had 24 hours left. And he was like, people are telling me to stop doing it. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, stop yeah, doing stop it. Doing it. <laughs> stop talking. Just making it worse. Also, like, just take accountability. Like, that's hmm. the whole thing was people, and like, he's starting to like try and pick fights with RVD and all that now over it. It's like, just, and he even even said before this episode come out, he wanted to do a podcast with Renee Paquette. Um, <clears throat> basically saying like, oh yeah, well, if if my name's getting dragged through the dirt, then a lot of people are coming with me. So then it's like, that's not the fucking that's, attitude to have. Oh, mate. Like, Jesus. A, a lot of bad things happen on that plane, lad, and a lot of people's views on it now coming to light are just disgusting. I don't want to even go into that. Yeah, but yeah. Just fucking hell. Like, it, it's not hard to go, all right, yeah. That was... that was um, Unacceptable. That, <laughs> that was inappropriate um, behaviour, and... I need to apologise for it. Instead of trying to pass the buck and scoot and, round yeah. it and just... Oh. And he, even, even like, he, even with, like, him talking about, like, releasing a statement, he's like, oh, yeah, I wrote, wrote this in several books. And it's like, in several several of his books, he's also kind of, like, glorifying his actions. Mm. Like, there, there was literally an episode of WWE Storytime about the fucking plane. Yeah, about the plane right from hell. Yeah. Flair was laughing and joking about this, and they took it down swiftly. Mm. WWE, like, I don't know, I don't know whether Flair, like, asking for his releases, whether he knew there would be a backlash from this, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Uh, suppose I it mean, looks better on his part asking for a release rather than it coming out and then them releasing him. Which they would have done, like oh, they've, yeah. they've literally. Well, they've eradicated any kind of association. Um, yeah, of him them the, on the product. Sh- short of binning off Charlotte Flair, there's nothing uh, about Flair on the website. The promo packages, yeah, no, <laughs> um, not yet. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's it's interesting as well because obviously there was like rumors of him going to AEW, and you've got to think that's dead in at the very world. least. Well, at very least, put like put way way on the back burner to like the heat that dies down on this because yeah, at the end of the day, as much as like Jr. says it best in the Dark Side of the Ring, Ric Flair was a made man. Like that's why he didn't get any punishment mm. because he's Ric Flair, and you've just got to look at like the handling, like the handling of a lot of shit like this, like with Hogan, um, mm. year a few years ago, and even guys like Ultimate Warrior. They, they get they let them they let the heat die down and they went and then they get a pass all those yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um but yeah it's one of those things just nature needs to just fucking do better <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> just, just do better be better <laughs> well first of all delete his fucking social media 
because he's not doing himself any fucking favors. No. <laughs> Secondly, just like it, like literally, like just, just talk about he had like a history of fucking just getting naked and just fucking being a pest. <laughs> Was like, hey. you know, fucking don't do that. Just no need. No need. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Grand Metalik, uh, who, as most of you know, is a member of Lucha House Party and one of the original finalists in the Cruiserweight Classic, has reportedly asked for his WWE release. A new report from Mass Lucha states that the Lucha House Party member is asking for his release following dissatisfaction with the way his tenure has been handled in the company. Reportedly, his contract runs through 2023. Yeah. Um, he's been very vocal about like being unhappy for a while, hasn't he? Like he mm. mentioned WWE out his Twitter last year. Um, yeah. he, to be honest, it's he's one of the people I was quite surprised WWE like kept hold of. Yeah, yeah, because um, they weren't really doing anything with him. Um, obviously, like they're trying to keep like the most marketable people and luchadors marketable because they can sell the masks and all that. Yeah, um, and they do all high fly and stuff, and kids love that shit. Mm. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, it is I, I wouldn't be surprised like if I know Meltzer said um, he he thinks that WWE are going to probably just give him his release, um, and the the fact that WWE have like let guys like Bray go, for example, yeah, I, I feel like they're not going to be too bothered about keeping hold of a Grand Metal League. No disrespect to Grand Metal League, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I feel. And he's got plenty of places he could go to work. He, uh, CMLL, AAA. Uh, yeah. he, he's been quite vocal about wanting to go back to CMLL. Um, okay. On his Twitter. Uh, obviously, there's, like, in the stateside things, MLW are doing some awesome stuff with Lucha Libre. Um, mm-hmm. Impact have got the X Division. That would be exciting to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Even, even just showing up in AW for a cup of coffee for, like, doing some doing some like matches on dark or dark elevation like he's mm-hmm. he's got plenty of options there to kind of get his name out yeah again, yeah and establish why he's so fucking good i mean the idea of grand metal league versus ray phoenix is very appealing given some of the shit Ooh. they can do ropes yeah, um, fucking hell <clears throat> but yeah we'll have to see um, yeah, man. i i wouldn't be surprised if they just grant them his release mm. um Moving on, MVP and Nia Jax have both been written off TV um, in the last fortnight. Uh, MVP is getting knee surgery. Uh, no way than why Nia is off TV. Uh, it seems to be kayfabe, but then they've said she's off for an indefinite period of time, which makes me think. Oh, okay. Probably, probably some form of injury. Uh, obviously, they did the whole angle where Shayna like, broke her arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God, they're actually using Shayna Baszler the way they should be using Shayna Baszler. Hurrah! Fuck it out. Have a break people's arms. That's all she needs to do. It's fine. Just basically make her a cross of Minoru Suzuki and Pentagon from Lucha Underground. <laughs> That's all we need. Yeah, yeah. That's all we need. Package power uh, drivers all over the place. Breaking people's arms to celebrate winning matches. Beat up young lions after the match. <laughs> Let's go down the performance center and beat up. He's got some more sudden property of the WWE Performance Center t shirts. Celebrate? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, MVP, wasn't he off? The last time he was off with injury was a knee injury as well. 
Well, he, he got he got a knee injury, didn't he, around the Royal Rumble, I believe. Just after he he was at the Rumble, wasn't he? And then he appeared on Raw, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm officially announcing my retirement." And then I think he went off a knee surgery, and then he he came back. Well, he never he never got the surgery. He came back with like a cane, didn't he? Oh, I thought he came back with the cane because of the knee surgery. Oh no, he came back with a cane because of the knee injury. Oh, he hasn't got the surgery yet. Um, right, right. So they they like WWE said, "Oh yeah." Um, it's it's a rib injury, and then it's he's basically said, "Oh well, while I've got this rib injury, I might as well get me knee surgery." And then why not? <laughs> he keeps he keeps po- he posts a picture where his knee was in a brace, um, right? Set, saying I've not had the surgery yet, but I will be having it soon uh, on Instagram a couple of days ago. Uh, but yeah, Naya pretty much radio silent, no word on why mm. she's off. Obviously, they've done the arm injury thing, um, but yeah, well, hopefully both of them are okay and back. Speedy recovery and all that. Yeah, indeed. All that jazz. <clears throat> Next up, um, if some internal WWE uh, discussions are anything to go by, uh, even more huge changes could be in store for NXT 2.0. You have to remember that 2.0. Uh, Fightful has learned discussions within the company about some of the plans for NXT 2.0 that there are um, purportedly directly from uh, Chairman Vince McMahon uh, when reaching out to contacts at the USA Network, there was some with knowledge as uh, of such uh, as well, and they were said to be in support. Among the points Fightful heard that they uh, that were brought up included NXT 2.0 targeting more of a PG, uh, sorry, uh, an 18 to 34 demographic, um, including everything from in-ring work and aggression uh, to harsher language uh, and other such uh, another point that they haven't verified was more lenience on female character gear, though it wasn't specified what exactly that meant. Um, keep up with current affairs and promos and character verbiage was another point that was said to have been brought up. Uh, and we haven't heard much more outside of a brief internal acknowledgement that this has been discussed. Uh, they've also not learned that it has been implemented thus far. One talent went as far as to say they'd believe it when they saw it. Uh, and when they were asked uh, if they were, had been made aware, they said they had not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I gone. So gone. Uh, well, I, I was, I was going to say like the, the whole edgier side of things. Like, I mean, it, it's weird, isn't it? So to say they want to get edgier, but then they literally took it from being like skulls and fucking dark and dingy looking like an underground fight club to being like Neil Buchanan's like, heart attack. Yeah. On main roster. Yeah. But like, or not on main roster, sorry. Like, like, like main roster light, essentially. Mm. Like I know good, good friend of the podcast, Phil Lindsay says, this is just raw with you people. <laughs> 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 Which is like, well, yeah, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does feel very, sanitized compared to what NXT was. Not in a bad way, like it just it, it just does. Um mm. it will be interesting to see what they do. Obviously they're talking about new like more characters and they've got like that Tony D'Angelo guy who's like meant to be like a mob. <laughs> a yeah. member of the mob. He's got an Uncle Paulie and everything. Of course <laughs> he has. Fucking and, uh, sloppy Giuseppe. Is he from Chicago? Is he from New York? Nobody fucking knows. He said he's from Chicago. Well, he sounds like he's from New York. Eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry fair, about it. <laughs> to be fair, like Chicago gangster and New York gangster is like similar sounding to us because it's just fucking 
American gangster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just look at look just look at it, untouchables. That's true. That's the Chicago way. <laughs> What are you going to say anyway before I got sidetracked? It, well, it was more so on, like, I feel like there has been, I don't want to say edgier, but just off the back of, like, a couple of promo bits, this week and the previous week, um, from various guys and girls, it did feel a little bit like there was some leniency in terms of what they could say, how they kind of put it, their character out there and stuff. They had, I, don't know, um, I don't know how far they're going to go with it. Didn't they? Say again. They had their uh, not... Not Steiner calling people bitches, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, j- just stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they are. We'll see. Um, but it also leads very well onto the next news point, which I'm sure we'll yeah. discuss now. And yeah, and also like if that, this kind of makes it feel like a, with the maybe they are thing, maybe not so much if they're going to back down the second someone calls them out on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just after. Just hours after mainstream media outlets posted about Joe Gacy's NXT promo, all traces of the segment have been removed from WWE's social media accounts and from the website. Links to Gacy's segment are now dead because they have been deleted. Uh, WWE has not said why these segments were pulled, but it might have something to do with stories published by Fox News, the Daily Mail, and New York Post. Uh, Fox News headline describes Gacy's promos. WWE pinning the woke left with controversial new wrestler. New York Post had a similar headline. WWE pokes fun at the woke left and new wrestler. And uh, I think Daily Mail had a similar one as well. Um, no, I didn't get a chance to watch all of NXT this week, so I, I hadn't got around to this bit yet. Um, was he, wasn't he basically just being PC principal from South Park? Yeah, it was It was odd. He mentioned, uh, what was the line he said? I know said? he said he, he wasn't going to use male privilege to win. Not going to use male privilege, and this is a safe <laughs> space to work in, and... Yeah, fair. Just, yeah, right. I didn't quite get it, but I was intrigued by it, and I know it was one of Aaron's kind of favorite parts. Like just it being quite different to everything else. Um, yeah. I didn't really get like kind of poking fun at the woke left or anything. Like I, I don't really get all of this. Like, oh, you're woke. Like I don't really understand or get any of that nonsense. But I didn't feel it was kind of poking fun at certain segments of society like maybe i missed it maybe it went totally over my head i i don't really yeah it's odd yeah i, I mean from what i from what i saw like when i was reading like uh, the write-up of the of the promo um before we started this as i say it sounded like it was just pc principal off south park i don't watch south park so i don't know what that is so he's, he's basically just like an over overtly pc character right and like he literally used like some of the terminologies like microaggressions and shit like that. Oh, okay. And, and all that. Ba- basically, he's so politically incorrect. He's so, so politically correct that it like he's almost incorrect. It, yeah, that it's like he's not like a real person. He's like a robot. Right, right, right. And that that's like South Park's way of kind of sort of poking fun at it. So that's why I'm that's why I'm comparing the two because it sounded like a similar sort of thing. Right, right. Different being the South Park get away with murder because they're a cartoon. Yeah. And people and people know like it's just fucking satire, whereas WWE is like, wait, what? <laughs> and also <laughs> also probably reflect reflects Vince's views as well. Let's and not that. let's not like kind of <laughs> brush that under the rug. <laughs> this is probably like a Vince pet project. 
given his kind of point of view on a lot of shit like this. <laughs> and then quickly swiped it away. Yeah, as soon as he's called out on it. Yeah. Uh, next up, Meltzer uh, has indicated that WWE doesn't see Cameron Grams as a main <laughs> roster guy. That's fucking mental. That's that's going to devastate Tom Clark, isn't it? I did. I did. Yeah, the thing is, that Cameron Grimes could go to main roster tomorrow and be fine. Yeah, and he could. And I, I he could. He he's he got, absolutely. He's could. got everything. He's a really fun wrestler to watch. He's got the charisma. It's just Vince doesn't like his accent. hundred percent. It'll be Vince doesn't like his accent. Do you reckon? He doesn't like Southern boys. <laughs> Man, too much of Southern wrestling from the territories. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I say it's a shame, but also it's kind of not because if he stays in NXT, well, I say he stays in NXT. Don't know how that's going to go, but just, yeah, I feel it'd like just be running around for the 24 7 title if you wanted to main roster. Just release him and have him made the Marco stunt with fucking Cavens and PWG again, please. <laughs> all that, all that. <laughs> to, to be fair, I'm going back to Impact. Fuck me, fucking be a top guy in Impact. <laughs> What was it? What was he called in Impact? Trevor. Trevor Lee. Trevor Lee. That was it. Yeah. Well, he's also called in like on the Indies and all that as well. Uh, right, right. Yeah, just just have him go go around murdering people with cavens. Sweet. Like he did Marco Stunt and Bowler. That was fun. <laughs> Absolutely fucking ended them. Um, but yeah, like Cameron Grimes, like no pun intended, is fucking money in my opinion. Like he's so good. He is so he entertaining. Is. Like genuinely. One of my favorite things in NXT, yeah, is Cameron Grimes. He's just he like, and he, he can do face well. Like everyone loves him at the moment. He's like proper, really good, sympathetic baby face. But he's but awesome then, as a sniveling heel. Yeah, when he's like a heel and he's like a sniveling little shit, and he's like telling on fucking people to Mister Regal, so sucking up to Regal. <laughs> yeah, he's like the he's like the bully who like sucks up to the teacher. But he's, he's, he's just great. Like how how do you not? Um, see someone like that as a main roster guy yeah madness uh, anyway moving on to more sort of NXT adjacent news in the latest sign WWE's moving on from Triple H's local globalization um, uh, Triple H's uh, global territories plan the company's uh, Japanese website is being shut down from Friday September the 24th this comes a couple of weeks after Japanese rep- wrestling site Japanese website, use your words, Jay. GameBiz reported that WWE was dissolving their Japanese division. That's uh, shit. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, they're just trying to just trying to like sort of phase out Triple H, isn't it? Well, that, but just that's, that's was looking, it, like. it does feel like that. I was very much looking forward to a, an NXT Japan, much like NXT UK, and having all well, of these different. It's weird with NXT Japan because it felt like it was dead in the water from the get-go because the way they tried to do it was basically what they did with like UK where they bought like loads of promotions. Mm. So they tried to buy Noah and then... It's going to close my window. There's a bit of noise. No worries. Yeah, they tried to buy um, pro wrestling Noah and then like didn't because... Oh, Noah, really? Like, yeah, well, it's... I, I, I didn't know this until I did a bit of research on it, so... Apparently, it's kind of like frowned upon in in Japan to like sort of like sell your 
if you've made a business to sell it to like an international partner. Right. So that's why like it kind of fell through because it was like, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's to these Americans. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, so it, they were already kind of like against the back, like back against the wall because they couldn't just buy an established promotion and then slowly phase it into being NXT Japan. Um, right, right. So they would have had to basically sign all this talent and make it for performance center and then basically do what they did with NXT US. Mm. To a degree, which even then they bought Florida Championship Wrestling, yeah, and turned it into NXT. Mm-hmm. So even even then, it's like they, they it's a lot of time, it's a lot of money, and it's a lot of it's a big gamble for W. Well, it's not really because they've got fucking bags of money, but considering WWE are definitely not trying to boost up their profit margin to make them look as profitable as possible for a potential sale in the next two years. Absolutely. Why would anyone think that when they're getting rid of all these wrestlers, when they're shutting down all these divisions, when why on earth would anyone think that at all a company downsizing to make themselves appear more profitable? Trying to what what no possible chance. reason could there be for that? Um, yeah, it, the amount of money that they'd have to and time they'd have to put in and people hiring people and all that. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't for for what they've clearly clearly aren't planning. Um yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it wouldn't make much, much sense. Uh, what I'm interested in though is Kyrie Sane have been moved to the Japanese to WWE Japan. She'd actually been like transferred over there. Yeah. So does that mean that she's been released? Does that mean a contract on all voids? Does mean she's going to come back to the US? Yeah. It's a, she, she wasn't on a performance contract. Ah, them cowards. <laughs> she wasn't on the same, she wasn't like a performance contract, was she? She was more like a kind of she was, coach, mentor. Gone from like being talent. a performer to a brand, the brand ambassador. Ah, for, okay, okay. For WWE Japan. It wasn't yeah. NXT Japan. Yeah. Um, because like those there was bits where they wouldn't let her appear in a video package for stardom for like yeah. the 15th anniversary. Show, say that not longer she has to be in that, and they said no. Yeah, but then weirdly they let Yosha ride. Yeah, I was like, well, make your fucking mind up. Like she, mm. she didn't even want to wrestle. She literally wanted to just come out and cut a promo, and hug somebody, and then. It's, like, it's the whole the whole things are though because like when Saray was already signed, like to NXT but then stuck in Japan because of the pandemic like do a let her like wrestle in a oh, fuck what's going to be Pro Wrestling Diana I think it was which was a and Seedling as well which it's weird because Seedling have kind of do a bit more with AEW so weird that she was there okay um, and then Pro still Wrestling under Diana. a WWE contract yeah and then Pro Wrestling Diana is uh, Mako Satomura's company so that was why oh that okay. was why to work there mm-hmm. um, he was at, like they let her work there during the pandemic obviously obviously to like keep a ring ready but also like so she had something to do I guess but mm-hmm. it's it's weird like their allowances with some people but not others yeah next up <coughs> excuse me uh, PW Insider says that Fox uh, will air a King of the Rings special the weekend of October 1st, and it will act as a preview for the return of the King of the Ring tournament. Yes, boy. Yeah, that's the King of the Rings later then, isn't it, for the 8th of October now to start. Mm. So, like, going to just be 
pro- probably introducing you to the uh, people in the tournament. Bracket, a bit of, yeah. Bit of history. Yeah. I hope you do it like the Cruiserweight Classic Bracketology thing. Yeah, that was cool. Because that was awesome. Really, had, like, really cool. Where they had like people getting revealed and like doing little sit-down interviews and stuff like that. And Daniel yeah. Bryan getting excited about everything. Yeah. Fuck, I remember, was it Daniel Bryan and was it Mara Ronaldo on commentary? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, what a commentary team that and was. And then didn't they have um who was it they had in the May Young? It was Lita and someone was it Lita, Lita and JR. That was a yeah. good team. Oh I really I, I keep saying this anytime the Cruise Weight Classics mentioned, I really want to go back and watch it because it was fucking superb. It's, yeah, like some of the matches like Kota Ibushi versus somebody. Oh fuck, who is it? Like you got, you got Zach, Zach Sabre Jr. and Noam Dar as well. That was a banger. Oh, Oh, mate. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Fucking even Tajiri popped up, didn't he? Abushi versus Cedric Alexander, it was. Ah, that was, was it. Eight. Yeah. And and Gargano Champa won the oh. real first match. Oh, oh. And he teased Champa turning on him. <laughs> anyway, uh, Xavier Woods is winning King of the Ring. I'll hear nothing he, more about it. He has to. He is. I, I He has to, but I, I have a feeling that it could be Naka. Oh, we'll get them in the final. Yeah, retaining his crown. Uh, moving on. Uh, despite others refu- refuting as much, including Alexa Bliss herself, both Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez have said there was a mass exodus during the Bliss Charlotte Flair segment on Raw this week, with anywhere from 700 to 1,500 fans leaving the show. Um, I don't know. Brian Alvarez is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah sometimes like Alvarez will say something and Meltzer will just go with it that I see like I, I, I don't know um, a lot of people have refused so it's weird because like no fans in attendance have had from what I've seen that when I did a little Google on this before have actually said anything about it mm. but then Alexa and Charlotte like no that didn't happen but I mean, of course, who's, whoever's in the ring is going to deny it. They're not going to go, oh, yeah, there's yeah. loads of people that are left. And, like, uh, w, people who work for WWE said, nah, bullshit. Um, mm. But then also, it's like, well, I mean, it'd be a good way to kind of show that we don't like the fucking Lily bollocks. Which mm. is what I think the general consensus is. This is garbage. Just this let Alexa Bliss be Alexa hot, Bliss again. Hot garbage. Stop trying to make Alexa the fiend. Yeah. And stop trying to make fetch a thing. Come on, guys. <laughs> stop trying to make subculture a thing while we're at it. <laughs> should, we, should we end on some nice news? Yeah. It's yours, mate. No, it's not. I've just read the Alexa one. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry, mate. Carrie and Cross and Scarlett have announced last night that they're engaged. Hey! You reckon he'll wear this disco gladiator co- costume for the wedding? Yeah, 100%. He's defo, he's defo dressing as Zardos for the stag do, isn't he? <laughs> Zardos, fuck me. If you don't know what Zardos is, look it up. Sean Connery film from, what, 70s, yeah. maybe? Um, yeah, it's fucking odd. Yeah. Did you did you know, apparently, um, that Carrying Cross costume was pitched to the Bludgeon Brothers? Yeah. Rowan said about it the other day. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> and then he went, nah, I've got a guy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Massive congratulations, though, to uh, Carrie Cross and Scarlet. Lovely, indeed, lovely. Indeed. Um, 
good news indeed. I'm just just let's just get Scarlett back on telly, shall we? Yes, please. Right. Yeah. I miss her and Carrie and being together. Yeah. Anyway, should we talk about uh, some AW? AW? Yes, boy. So um, let's talk about the Grand Slam show. Uh, many people who attended AW's Grand Slam event in New York City described the situation regarding food and, and concessions as a disaster. Uh, Matt Men's Andrew Zarian said the staff at Arthur Ashe were extremely unprepared for such a large, large audience with a few of them telling him they had no idea it would be a sellout. Right, that's mental. How the, as a member of staff in an arena, like in an arena, wherever it is that you're working, you've got management staff there, event staff. Surely so, you know in advance if the event sold out, you know it's going to be busy, you know how many tickets you've sold. Why would you put a, on... AW, like, AW released like another, I think it was like another thousand tickets on, the, on like the day before. Yeah. Because the... They do that. They'll like clear like an area for the production. Hmm. Um, what what's mad to me is that it's a fucking tennis stadium. Like, did they not sell it out ever? Yeah, like it's a like, surprise to them that suddenly there's lots of people in there wanting the to. Twenty thousand seater arenas sold out. Come on, this fuck it is daft. Yeah, literally, it's, literally can't it, get there the was staff. a similar thing. Was <laughs> yeah. Because there was a similar thing, wasn't it, with SummerSlam, where uh, the, mm-hmm. that arena didn't like wasn't prepared for the amount of people. I was like, "How are you not prepared? You're building like, a stadium. You fucking make sure you're ready for like the fact that you're going to sell out the stadium. Just be prepared for people to come in and want some food and drink. Like it's yeah. mental. You just if you work in retail and it's coming up towards Christmas." Oh, what do people typically have at Christmas? I don't know, turkey. Yeah, let's make sure we've got more turkeys in because it's going to sell. Like, why would you? It's fucking barmy. Yeah. Absolutely barmy. I, 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 the thing that shocks me is that they were they were surprised. But on the other side of it is that Arthur Ashe have already said they'd like to make this an annual thing. So hopefully they'll learn from this now and gone out because they've gone, oh, <laughs> yeah, they've yeah. Gone, oh shit. That sold out a lot. That made us a lot of money. Let's let's make sure it's better next time. Mm. Like ho- hopefully that's the case. Same same with the Allegiant in Las Vegas. Obviously WWE have said that money in the bank's going to be back there next and it's year. There next year, yeah. Make that's sure pr- it's but make mm. sure you fucking improve on it next time. Is the yeah. the answer you, you've got to save that. But either way, like the, the did you see the pictures of like the that someone took like from above the stadium? Yeah, it looks fucking incredible. Oh man, it looked. Wild, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Like, I've managed to avoid spoilers for the second half of the show because obviously, obviously, the show on half, the show on half on Wednesday, half tonight on Rampage. Right, right. And I am super excited because that first half was great. Mm. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, Next up, after weeks of speculation, Fightful has learned that AEW's full gear pay per view is set for Minneapolis, Minnesota, according to the internal plans within the company. Uh, Full Gear was originally planned for Saturday, November the 6th in St. Louis uh, before the show was moved to November the 13th. UFC is running uh, a massive pay-per-view on November the 6th and AEW founder Tony Khan noted that he doesn't like competing uh, against his own interests in the UFC on Sundays during football season. Uh, At the AEW all-out post-show media scrum, Khan had indicated that St. Louis would no longer be the location. PW Insider had previously mentioned that Minneapolis 
uh, was being considered as a location. Fightful has learned um, at the time of this coming out that many within the company uh, have been told that this is now set. Many AEW talent were set for the big event in New York for November 13th. However, uh, they were told that AEW worked and went above and beyond to make the right uh, to make it right to the promoters uh, and their talent scheduled will now be appearing the following day, November the 14th. Yeah, uh, they, they did actually announce um, on Dynamite that Rampage is going to be taking place in Minneapolis. So while he didn't confirm full year was taking place there, hmm. they may as well have because they said, said that the rampage the day before is um yeah it's it's i like the fact that they move their schedule around based on what's going on like mm. you've just got to look at um like SummerSlam when they were going heads out with the boxing and it felt like those those parts of the show where it felt like they were kind of rushing it yeah yeah because they were like we have a strict time schedule mm. don't want to go heads out with the boxing it's like well don't put it on the same day then yeah, and he moved to a Saturday, the same fucking day as the boxing. Exactly. Like, play Win City Prize. <laughs> whilst it was nice for it to be on a Saturday, like yeah. in that instance, so it benefits the pay-per-view so it doesn't feel rushed, just put it on a Sunday as normal then and don't compete with anyone. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, but um, I'm, I mean, I, I, I like that whole like sort of idea of, oh yeah, well... UFC are going to take pay-per-view buyers off us. So instead of doing that, let's just do it next week. That that makes sense to That's me. That's sensible. That's sensible uh, business. <laughs> interestingly, they're also they are, however, now going head to head with New Japan oh. to, for their US show because they pulled mocks off it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And um Paul Moxley off it. And I think, well, I think it's not head to head. Like I think that. Their shows like in the afternoon, but it's like in California, so it would be like a four-hour journey to get there. Right, right. That's so def- definitely New Japan talent showing up then at full gear. Probably yes. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't appear on that New Japan show is definitely going to be a full gear. <laughs> Scuttling out the forbidden door. That's it. Scuttling out. Um, <laughs> Give me Gorillas of Destiny, damn it. Well, on that. Um, I'm sure on that New Japan show we're getting G.O.D. versus the Good Brothers. I'm sure yes, they've already announced that. Yes. Um, oh, crap. Um, moving on, my favourite wrestler and yours, Absolute <laughs> Darks, revealed that he'll be replacing Mark Henry on commentary on Rampage. Um, he said, I'm definitely proud of AEW, um, the work I've done in AEW and the work I continue to do. The fact that I think so much that they appreciate me that they made me a permanent commentator for Rampage, replacing Mark. I love the fact that fact. I love that fact that I've that the work I've done with Sting and Derby, and all of these things in such a small time frame will last forever. I want more though. I I really do. I want to push myself more and explore the depths of my talents and get get out of my comfort zone. Uh, Starks had said this in an interview with Wrestle Talk. Um, however, off the back of this report, according to dear old Davy Meltzer. Ricky Starks uh, misspoke and he won't be a permanent replacement for Mark on Rampage. Um, the plan is to rotate commentators, but the Observer doesn't have details on how that rotation will work. Um, I really like Ricky Starks on commentary. I really like Mark Henry on commentary. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I don't fucking like on commentary. It's Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Um, that being said, I I really like the way they kind of have Mark as like the sort of analyst for the main event. 
Mm. It gives it a bit of a big, like, because they, they open Rampage with, like, the, the actual main event. But then right. the show closing match, they make feel like a bigger deal where they do, like, the sort of split-screen interview where Mark's in the middle asking them questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, like, the pre, like the pre-fight uh, breakdown sort of thing. I, I think, and they, they said the way they were going to use them was going to be unique. And I feel like just having them as a commentator is not really unique, whereas this role is. Yeah. Um, I I get the feeling that the Ricky Starks being on commentary on Rampage thing is um, because they're building up to Starks versus Punk. Mm. And obviously Punk's been doing bits of commentary. Yeah. Uh, he, did, he did commentary on Diamond, Dynamite last week. Starks mm-hmm. was straight away on Rampage. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, get the, I get the impression that Starks is basically going to just be calling out Punk on commentary. Two guys that are fire on the microphone as well. Oh, the promos. <laughs> I, I'm really excited about you. In the same interview, he said, wait till you see the work I do with CM Punk. You're going to see a different Ricky Starks. I was like, yeah, that, that'll be fine. It's interesting. They've kind of just kiboshed the R- Ricky Starks and a Brian Cage feud since. Yeah, yeah that's Brian, just whoosh, done and dusted. I started running a fucking mouth. <laughs> so now all of a sudden fucking Brian Cage is gone yeah Just gone fucking radio sounds he doesn't he don't want no none of fucking absolute Ricky Starks he don't want that smoke <laughs> next up AW announced that uh, Satnam Singh has signed with All Elite Wrestling Singh is the first ever player from India to be drafted in the NBA he stands seven foot three and were reports at a nightmare factory to be trained by Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall Seven foot three. Oh, Fuck me. I, I um when I was when I was looking at this story before, I was reading up on it. Um and so he played for the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know if they're any good at basketball, probably not. Um but what's interesting is three or four years ago he got offered the developmental deal at NXT. I turned it down. Oh, okay. And what's also interesting is that like so obviously, like WWE have said, they don't want to sign pro wrestlers; they want to sign athletes. Hmm. Now, AW have signed a few, not a lot, just a few. Um, like, but the ones they have are all like real sort of like difference makers, like Anthony Agogo and yeah, obviously Satnam Singh. Now, um, it's cool to see because it's like it's guys like that that they can kind of like portray as still being like a legitimate athlete mm-hmm. but then they can go okay we'll, we'll teach you how to wrestle this style I mean yeah, the fact that he's the fact that he's probably it says Cody and QT Marshall there but let's face it who have AEW got on the books at the moment two of the fucking best big men, men around big, yeah uh, Mark Henry tall, tall ball and Mark Henry <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true so I think um I think you made a good choice there to get yeah. mental by those two. Yeah. Good so I'm sure Michael's basically just turned them into another Shawn Michaels and super kicking them and just doing all the Shawn Michaels stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens with this. This like this come out of nowhere last night. It was like, and every like I didn't know who he was, but Twitter was like losing their mind. Going, holy shit, this is huge. Because mm. he's seven foot three. Seven foot three. What beast? I, I've not seen what he looks like. I'll look him up while. Uh... Well, you go on to that next news point. Apparently, <clears throat> excuse me. Apparently, he's like 
he's quite charismatic as well, though, from what I was reading. Like, he's quite, he's got like quite a lot of charisma, like when he's playing basketball and he's like quite, quite mildly. Yeah. Um, it's based. It's massive. He's a big lad, isn't he? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Um, he, I think he said as well, like, WWE kind of pitched that they wanted them to be like the replacement for the great Carly. He was oh, like, nah, no, 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 no. I'm going to be Satnam Singh. Yeah. Um, so this is very cool news. AW and the Owen Hart Foundation have announced they are entering into a partnership that will honor Owen's legacy through many different forms, including the upcoming console video game and an annual Owen Hart Cup tournament, which will see the winner win a trophy known as the Owen. AW, nice. um, press statement they put out was AW and Owen Hart into a relationship to one of world-renowned wrestler Owen Hart's legacy. Um, before anyone starts worrying about like copyright and all that, because obviously the image rights to Owen and all that, all that nonsense, uh, they were using pictures of him when he was in New Japan. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, uh, yeah, All Elite Wrestling and uh, the Owen Hart Foundation, a non-profit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world collaborating to honor the legacy of the late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in the professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual Owen Hart Cup tournament <clears throat> within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen, as well as the production and distribution of a unique and original of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including spe- specified retail goods, as well as the upcoming AEW console game. Um, this alliance incorporates op- opportunities to develop Owen action figures um, via AEW's partnership with Jazzwares, apparel, posters, and additional collectible merchandise. Owen survived by his wife, Doc- Dr. Martha Hart, who spearheads the Owen Hart Foundation with a mission of providing global aid to at-risk communities, e.g. scholarships, housing, various forms of international assistance, food drives, backpack giveaways, and Christmas projects. AEW's relationship with the Hart family dates back to, the, our, to our inaugural an inaugural pay-per-view uh, event, Double or Nothing, in 2019. Obviously, Brett uh, presented mm-hmm. the W title there, didn't he? Um, yeah. And Owen's influence is still felt today, said Tony Khan. AW CEO, GM, and head of creative air. Uh, to extend his memory and his legacy even further through this agreement is a powerful and meaningful moment for the entire wrestling community. Uh, the Owen Hart Foundation is extremely pleased to partner with AW in this wonderful joint venture to honour Owen's substantial international wrestling career and the lasting influence he ha- he and his craft has had in the sport. AW's Owen Hart Cup tournament serves as a tr- tremendous tribute to Owen and provides an incredible way for professional wrestling enthusiasts to celebrate his work in a mo- most fitting way. We trust that Tony Khan and his amazing AW team will do a brilliant job of th- with this highly anticipated project. Uh, the Owen Hart Foundation and AW partnership is my special gift to all of Owen's magnificent and loyal fans who forever remember him and his inspiring repertoire of talent, said Dr. Martha Hart. That's said, fucking awesome. That's really, yeah. really, really cool. Um, yeah, it, it's it's cool. Like, th- this is the thing. A lot There's kind of like a misconception as well with uh, Martha. Uh, basically, a lot of it comes from Brett's book, where he's like, Martha didn't like that Owen was a wrestler. And then The Dark Side of the Ring came out uh, last year, I think it was, and she was like, I didn't say that. I, Owen loved what he was doing. He was th- he wanted to retire when he was forty, and he was very close to that age. Mm. Sadly, he was taken away. Um, but she she's always said that the the issue wasn't with wrestling. Yeah. It was it was with Vince because oh okay because obviously Vince was like 
trying to like try he tried to sue her when she tried to claim damages on the fact that she lost her husband um in, on his show and that instead of shutting the show down because it was a crime scene he continued the show and then damaged mm. the crime scene mm. and all that um bloody hell so she's always kind of like ascertained it's not not to do with honor like abandoning owen's legacy it's to mm. do with I don't want WWE making money off Owen. Right, right, right. Which is fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think this is very cool. Like, it's, there's so many wrestlers worldwide who are inspired by Owen Hart. He was way ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. One of one of my personal favorite wrestlers um, of all time. He's fucking excellent. Yeah. And also, it's very cool that they've got um, Brian Pillman Jr. on the roster who, He'll absolutely be in that tournament. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, someone else who's been floated around on the internet is uh, someone who's named his son after Owen Hart. Go his on. His contract is up in January. Oh, okay. Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen. Yes, boy. I'd love that if he won. Oh, mate. I'd be oh. fucking awesome. But this is very cool. Um, and I, I imagine that like a, a lot, if not all, of the proceeds from any merch that AEW makes for Owen and uh, I, I guess a chunk of the proceeds from the um, video game is going to go go towards the Owen Hart Foundation, um, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. They're putting them in the game as well. I like that. Yeah. They have like a oh, legend yeah. section. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've them in his like sort of a singer that looks like Brett's but blue. That he yeah, won. man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's quality. That's super fucking cool news. Very excited yeah. for that. Um, the tournament would be cool. Like how they do it, whether it's just a one-on-one thing or if they do something similar to like so, the Heritage Cup, they put a, a sort of stipulation in there. So me and Big Tasty had a, and Aaron had a uh, chat about this on the AW podcast last week. Or this week, sorry. The one that we just put out. And because um, someone asked, what do you think of the format of the Owen Hart Cup? And me and Big Tasty both said, we think you should do it like the uh, women's tournament, like number one contendership tournaments. Okay. So they have like... Uh, a US block, so people in AEW, and then a world block of people like in like Japan. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, people in Japan was what we said because they got that working relationship already. They're leaning into the fact that Owen was like in New Japan. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, do it like that and then do the two brackets and then winners face each other. That's Mm -hmm. what I, either way, even if they did it like the King of the Ring, it'd be cool. Yeah. And love it. Love a good tournament. Absolutely. It's been saying we want the Cruiserweight Chat uh, Classic back. Love oh, a good tournament. Love a good tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, according to... According to ugh, get your fucking teeth in, Troy. According to Joe Otterson of Variety magazine, AEW Rampage will remain on TNT in 2002. Uh, AEW Dynamite, however, is set to premiere on TBS on January the 5th, 2022. That doesn't make too much difference to us over here in the UK. It won't make any difference to us. It's more for like American listeners. Um, mm. It apparently the only difference that might happen is the time slot. Right, because uh, TBS more traditionally started stuff at like five past the hour instead of like on the hour. So okay, essentially it'll just be starting five minutes later. Also, right. um, this actually changed. This date actually changed like about an hour ago. I didn't have a chance to change the news. <laughs> uh, AW actually announced it's the 22nd of January, not the 5th. Right. Um, 
but other than that, I mean, the same. Um, it it also leans into our next news piece and adds a bit of credence to it, mm-hmm. um, which I like. Uh, I like a lot. Um, which is that Andrew Zarian, friend of the podcast, tweeted that AW will be adding another woman women's belt to their roster, saying here in Rumbles of a new title being introduced to AW soon, it will be a secondary women's championship. He later told uh, Denise Salcedo on their podcast that it's going to be called the TBS Championship. Oh, okay. This is, this is cool. Um, yeah. Especially if they do, if they like basically build it the same way as the TNT Championship, where mm. Miro feels like almost like a world champion on his own because yeah. they've made that belt so important. Yeah. That's um, how it, you build a mid-card belt, like a second-tier belt. Yeah, like, I, I think as well, like, a really cool thing they could do is the way they've kind of done it with the main AEW championship where Kenny doesn't defend it that often. Mm. So you could have the women's type, like, women's world championship doesn't get defended that often. But then you've got the TBS championship. But then you've got the TBS championship, there. which gets defended basically every week or every other week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then... It's a way you- of keeping a title on a show, but also not over kind of or diluting the the world championship. And so yeah, when you it, do get those matches, it feels special. It keeps the world championship feel special, feeling special, but then it keeps like it keeps people like rising up the ranks. And like a lot of the time you'll see someone like someone challenging for the TNT title getting really close but not quite getting there. And then mm. moving up the ranks to the point where it's like, oh well they could they could probably challenge for the world title. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. I'm really excited for it. Just a uh, big taste. You said they should have just called it the Ty Conti belt because Ty Conti should win that belt. <laughs> uh, and I, or give it to Ruby. Have Ruby as the first champion. Yeah, man. Because, like, I mean, coming off the Brit match, she needs something to do. Mm. It'd be, good, be a good way to kind of, like, make her sort of like the linchpin of the women's division. Yeah, yeah. Pushing I think I'm just... hopefully this will mean like the women's division gets a bit more TV time as well. Because I know one continues yeah. gri- continued gripe with AEW is that whilst their women's division is good, it doesn't get anywhere near as much TV time as it should do. So hopefully, not to say that this new like Dynamite on TBS will be entirely <laughs> women's stuff, but if you're dedicating about based on the network it's on like on that show yeah. then you know put two well, matches on there three matches it's interesting because um when when uh oh shit what's the fucking show rampage when that launched uh kenny said he wanted to kind of use rampage as a way to kind of showcase the women's division and in fairness they do put like sort of like this week, last week on Rampage, sorry, I should say, they had a women's match, they had a women's segments, and that was the majority of the show. Okay. So they do certainly put a bit more emphasis on that. Um, the first episode of Rampage main event was Britt Baker defending the women's title. Um, so it, it, it seems to be there. They, it's one of those things, I think, we were talking about it on Discord earlier in the week, and you've just got to look at, um, like... The, it was sort of I, I don't want to say it was a mistake but it was kind of like a risk where they put all their eggs in one basket and like bet on all like the Joshi wrestlers mm. and didn't really focus too much on like their like the homegrown like 
not homegrown, but you know, yeah, they're, they're American based wrestlers too yeah. much. And then the pandemic happened and they lost people like Riho, mm. like Emi Sakura, like Rio Miz- Mizunami. And then it was like, oh shit, we've like kind of built that division around them. Uh, mm. she, luckily <laughs> for them, yeah, luckily she the moved to the US. So she's mm. like the family now. Yeah. But they had to like rebuild during the pandemic. And I think they're getting to the point now where like, and obviously they lost Britain Statlander to injuries like shortly after that as well. Mm-hmm. So they really, they really did like it was like a grenade going off in that women's division. Yeah, and they lost yeah. like five or six big names in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see that the fa- they're finally sort of bouncing back from that, and it's getting stronger. And I think they've got they've nailed the tag the tag division. They've nailed the men's division, the women's division. It it does need work, but it's definitely going in the right direction. Yeah. They're, Absolutely, they're, they're definitely getting there. I think keep keep Brit as the face because she's fucking excellent. She mm. can't do anything wrong, and just get all the good challenges in. Yeah, good shout. Uh, moving on, in an interview <clears throat> with Barstool Wrestling, Daniel Bryan said that he told Kevin Dunn, uh, WWE producer Kevin Dunn, that is uh, that he wouldn't use the yes chant in AEW. I mean, whilst he won't use it. The fans are absolutely still <laughs> chatting, aren't they? Like, there's no getting away from that. He fucking says this, and then he said, like, deliberately in the promo with Kenny when he set up the match with him, went yes or no, <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone started yesing it, like, oh. So even though he isn't explicitly doing it, he, oh, he's still fucking instigate. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's a smart man, though, isn't he? He is. He's he's actually been quite active, hasn't he, this week on the old uh, interviews? Um, yes, yes. He did he did that like nice sort of like open letter to WWE to say thank you for his time mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Real classy move. Um, yeah. He also um, he was so it was interesting actually. I didn't put this in because I didn't think it was like too newsworthy because it's kind of like common knowledge. But he he says that he felt like WWE felt like he was more injury prone than he was. Mm. and that like like if he ever landed on his head or did anything to his head Vince would like yell at him basically like fucking stop doing that <laughs> you're gonna hurt yourself yeah yeah in, in like a in like a like coming from a good place I yeah like protective yeah rather than yeah I like he, he basically said Vince was overprotective of him and he wanted mm. to kind of like he wanted to kind of like get the shackles off a bit and be able to do a bit like a bit more of the style that you, we've come to know him for. Mm. And I Vince would like, be careful. <laughs> it's it's understandable. Like, oh, yeah. over the years, he's lost and arguably, well, not arguably, <laughs> lost, but two of them have come back. Three of like, oh. biggest are Daniel Bryan, Edge and Paige, all through neck injury. And whilst in- two of them have come back, like, it's not mm. a risk you want to continue to take, is it? Well, interestingly enough, he's actually, in the same thing you was talking about, he's like, well, I've had one surgery in my whole career and that was my next surgery. Mm. And he's like, the concussion thing, that was because he'd had like 15 concussions over like as many years. But he had. But it, he was like, but there's, there's guys who like literally have concussion, like their, their concussion protocols basically so, so strict. that That's why, because obviously of like the CT stuff and the, the Benoit tragedy. Yeah. But he like a super strict about it to the point where like they just they don't they don't see past like the black and white they just see the pe- the they just see it on paper yeah you've had this you need to fucking be medically disqualified as opposed mm. to 
but you've had this, but you haven't had like there's this much time in between. Yeah, yeah. I think the what you what you were saying is like there's there's a lot more kind of a lot more to it than just the black and white of it. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> go and watch that match without Mega Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was parts where I was like, you wouldn't be allowed this match in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be allowed to do any of this. Um, oh, but yeah, also Mel to give it five stars. Not that, that not that I rate matches on that, but mm. big deal still. And it's someone like it, it, it does kind of add a bit yeah. of volume to that. It'd um, be seven in the time, you know. Oh, mate, I, I said if, if fucking a card was in that match, it would have been a seven. It would have been an eight. <laughs> an eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but genuinely match of the year contender very very good anyone who's listening who hasn't seen it what are you doing I know you're going to watch it later aren't you I'm going to watch it later yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, and final bit of AW news before we go to the rest of the world the wrestling observer newsletter easy for me to say says the reason Chavo Guerrero was written off AW TV is because he's the wrestling coordinator for Young Rock which is now filming its second of the season uh, once Philman wraps uh, up, Shavo is expected back in AEW. Um, Spring Gore didn't realise he was on that. Yeah, he did. Um, he did it for Glow as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It um, was him and uh, Carlito, wasn't it? Interestingly, yeah. uh, Nick Khan, aka the Evil Khan, um, <laughs> is <laughs> his sister. I think is the producer of that show. All right. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like you've said, oh yeah, get him away from AW while he's doing this. And then probably didn't, but <laughs> what do you know? Uh, funny Not to, to speculate. speculate. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the way Charvo got written off TV was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Andrade, they deck him and then Pat do a fucking bad murder on him. <laughs> Pat and the Lucha Brothers just absolutely end them. Nice. Love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> Should we move on to the rest of the world? Yeah, let's. Uh, we, we we touched on this earlier, didn't we? This Did first. Yeah. So, uh, so following his comments uh, on the plane ride from Hell episode uh, of Dark Side of the Ring, Tommy Dreamer was suspended indefinitely by Impact Wrestling. Impact spoke to PW Insider and said, we are aware of Mr. Lachlan, uh, Tommy Dreamer's real name, uh, and his comments uh, on Dark Side of the Ring. The views expressed by him in the interview are completely unacceptable. We can confirm Mr. Lachlan was suspended this morning with immediate effect pending further action. Dreamer then released a statement uh, of his own saying, regarding my comments made on Dark Side of the Ring, it was never my intention to offend hurt or victim shame anyone. I understand my comments were insensitive and could trigger emotions in someone's own personal past. I do not condone sexual misconduct of any kind. I apologize to anyone I offended from the bottom of my heart. I am so sorry. He's since been removed um, from his shows on uh, busted open radio for an undetermined amount of time. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the comments he made were vile. Like, they really were. Like, yeah, you, not good. Yeah, I really just fucking come on, Tommy. Shut the fuck up, mate. Hmm. Uh, and I think it's warranted. But at least, at least he's kind of showing a bit of remorse over it. Um, and I think he's realised he's fucked up. But at the same time, 
one thing that really concerns me is he's like he's involved in the women's division in Impact. Like his job is basically yeah. working down with the women's division. Yeah. Now I'm not being funny. He can't go back, surely. No. The, the no. making the comments he made where he was basically making I'm not gonna repeat them, but he was basically just making light of sexual assault mm. and kind of playing it down and victim blaming it. It was like you can't go can't go back to being in charge of a women's division it, after no, saying stuff like that. Absolutely not. No. Um It'd be just, lucky to find work anywhere else, I guess, off the back of that, off the back of the whole kind of Me Too movement and, and this, that, and the other that's happened yeah. over the last couple of years. Like, you you don't really come back from that. You saw a lot of the people that were kind of outed in that when it first came about, and very few of them, you know, have, have surfaced since, certainly in a wrestling capacity. Um, and I imagine it'll be a similar thing with this, which it's it's a shame when and I know that there was a few people that mentioned it on the Discord when this came out earlier in the week. Um, that someone you kind of look up to and idolize and enjoy what they did so much, you know, back in, in the ECW days. Um yeah. this has then kind of come out or not come out about them, but this you find out that was their their viewpoint, their um yeah, the way they they, they saw things. And it's yeah, it's just really disappointing. Really, really disappointing. Yeah, I think like the the main thing to come out of this dark side of the ring um, was they kind of like brushed it off. A lot of, at the time, I should say, a lot of people kind of just brushed it off as boys will be boys. And like, it's it's one of those things, as, he said, as I say, Tommy Dream was like, oh yeah, it was a joke, it was a joke. It's like, doesn't excuse it. No. A joke stops being a joke if like, not everyone finds involved in the joke finds it funny. Mm. Yeah. Then it becomes, then it becomes a, an issue. And yeah. Unless it's Aaron. Well, fuck Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just Jesus Christ. Like, like with me, me and Ben were talking about this last week. Um, and he was saying like, I'm sure, he was like, I'm sure there's like a, a thing where if someone's like committing co- career suicide in an interview, you're meant to stop them. And it's like, if that's the case, fuck me. Like, Dark Side of the Ring just didn't care. No, clearly like, not. But like, that's the thing. Like, he, it's just, they just let, like, oh, like, have you, have you seen the episode yourself yet? No, or, not yet. Like, literally, not many people come out of it looking good. No, I've heard there's there's a number of names mentioned in there. Not many. Like, the only two people for me that came out of it, like, with any, like, scrap of dignity was... RVD? No, just incredible and JR. Really? Yeah, RV, RVD was kind of, like, just acting like, oh, yeah, I just didn't want to get involved. So. Mm. Like, saying, saying he'd seen, like, Flair, like, fucking cornering the woman. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. And like he's it like that's why like he basically like then released a statement saying oh no I that's been edited shit like differently mm. I say that it's like all right um and that's why now Ric Flair wants to fight RVD apparently oh fuck me because Ric Flair if if anything if he's he's just not going down without a fight with anything is he the fucking idiot <laughs> um, but yeah um, moving on anyway uh, I'm on a 
on an unrelated, well, slightly unrelated note, I'm very excited for the Canyon episode. I'm going to be checking that out. Well, yeah. as soon as we finish this, we check yeah. it out. Um, GCW have announced Josh Barnett Bloodsport 7 will take place on October the 22nd. Look, look how excited you are. It's so good because it, it's like <laughs> it's basically raw underground. But done better. So, yeah. Ground, but without Shane McMahon going, oh, look at that. Sweat McMahon. Yeah. And without Swerve, like taking bets at ringside. It's just... <laughs> even even like the way it shot though, like the last the last one he did and obviously I think this one's going to be in, in with fans so they do it like a ring with no ropes yeah I like, see what it looks like it looks cool it yeah, is a, a like, aesthetic yeah five and six they did it in like a, a warehouse mm. and there's the ring there and like there's no one else it was awesome yeah um, but yeah they've announced Bloodsport 7 uh, will take place in Los Angeles October the 22nd and so far have announced five people for it Marina Shafia, nice. uh, former NXT and UFC talent, uh, wife of Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killer Kelly, former NXT UK NXT talent. UK, he's been, yeah. been on Bloodsport before. Calvin the Tankman, he's been nice. on NXT UK before. Uh, New Japan Young Lion and Yuji Nagata's prodigy, Yu Amira. He got announced today, um, which is why he's not in the notes. And your favourite of mine. Everyone's favorite mayor, the granddad, Minoru Suzuki. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll be interested to see who Suzuki actually faces, though, because um, he's already beaten the two guys who are like the head of Bloodsport. Mm. He beat Matt Riddle Box. on Matt Riddle's Bloodsport. Yeah. And then he beat Josh Barnett on Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Oh, okay. What about Mox? He's not fought Mox on a Bloodsport. Oh. I, I was hearing. I saw a bit on a bit on Twitter about it possibly being Chris Dickinson, which would be fucking awesome if that's the case. Yeah, man. Because his match with Mox on Bloodsport Four would ban him. Hmm. Um, but uh, Chris Dickinson. Yeah, Chris Dickinson yeah. and Mox. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see. Uh, Josh Alexander sometimes does that, and that would be amazing if they did Suzuki versus Alexander. Um, yeah. There's a either way. There's a, a litany of potential dream matches just don't give it to you Yumeira because Minoru Suzuki loves murdering young lions and the last thing we fucking need <laughs> also also murder granddad uh, actually said um, about this like this tour which again I, I was meant, meaning to put this in the fucking thing and I completely forgot about it mm. um, so uh, he said about this tour he wasn't planning on doing it he was planning on doing the G1 he got yeah. an offer from one one American company didn't say who it was. Um, my guess would be it was probably GCW mm. because they booked them for four shows, um, like straight off the bat. Well, five now because they've got yeah, 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 World sports. Um, and he was like, okay, well, that, that might be worth two weeks. And then as soon as it got announced that he was doing it, he just got like flooded with offers. And then AW, like obviously, AW, he was showing up at, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think AEW must have been a late one. Like, I reckon Tony's seeing that Suzuki's in the country and gone, do you want to fight Mox? <laughs> do, do, do you want to do a no-holds-barred match against Mox and Kingston? <laughs> hey, I can't wait for that tonight. That's going to be so good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's very cool. Like, Suzuki thought, 
that he wasn't going to have any appeal and then he just got like flooded with offers and now yeah, we've, got man. The, we've got the Minoru Suzuki US Mayor the Tour 2021. That needs to be on a T-shirt with all the dates and venues. Outshining the G1 as well. <laughs> That'll teach them for fucking leaving them out last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the G1, uh, Tetsuya Naito has had to pull out of the G1 because of a knee injury. That yeah. shit. That is shit. Um, it's interesting the way they're handling it. They're basically going to have whoever's match it was meant to be against Naito um, wrestle in a... I think I think they said they were going to have them wrestling a young line or something like that. So just like okay. an exhibition match. Um, and then I think they said they're just going to treat it as a win for whoever was meant to face Naito. Right, right. So okay. Fair they enough. just get two points. Yeah. Which is which is why the great O'Khan's fucking top of the table at the moment was upset. No Jesus end. Swept. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shingo's below the great O'Khan and Shingo's a world champion. That's disgusting. What kind of a world are we living? <laughs> Speedy recovery though to uh to Naito. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um moving on. Accord uh, well, sticking with injuries actually actually, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Sammy Callahan suffered a broken ankle during the latest set of impact tapings. He reportedly reportedly underwent surgery and looks to be out until spring of 2022. Damn. This is shit. This um, is, yeah. Especially considering we were meant to be getting a fucking Switchblade conspiracy reunion against the American Wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking Halloween. That's not happening now, is it? Oh. I wonder if... Uh, I wonder if Sammy's going to bring in as Mox's uh, as Mox's partner as a replacement. <laughs> Some Sam, Sammy there is like the mouthpiece. Still come out yeah. and cut a promo, but well, it's yeah. it's the Sammy's promotion. Um, okay, uh, wrestling Revolver. He actually owns that promotion, so right. I, I assume he's probably probably just get Eddie Kingston, won't he? Eddie Kingston think? or someone else with the name Switchblade. I don't know. Jay White's locking about. <laughs> Not Jay White. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be Mox. Of course it'll be fucking... Um, uh, Kingston, rather. Of course yeah, it will it's be. Kingston and Mox first. The American Wolves are still fucking slap. Yeah. Uh, sticking with some impact news, uh, per Fightful Select, both Christopher Daniels and Alex Zane were at recent impact wrestling tapings. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Return um, of Curry Man confirmed. Well, did you see the video that... Uh, Daniels put on his Twitter yesterday. Nay. Basically, the return of the fallen angel. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it was like a it was like a sizzle reel, uh, but it was like it was showing him losing that match where SCU had to disband. Yeah, yeah. And he was like to go back to my roots, and then it was just like showing video clips of the fallen angels. Like, oh fuck off! Oh nice. my, nice. Bit of cheeky fallen angel for the boys. Good Don't shit. come back with the fucking handlebar mustache and the face paint, please. Yeah, um, forget that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Alex Zane's an interesting one because he's obviously was Ari, was Ari Sterling in um, NXT for a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, he's also appeared for GCW quite frequently mm-hmm. and been announced for PWG. Yeah. Also, uh, he's the number one contender to the Ring of Honor title at the moment. Made the surprise Ring of Honor appearance. So, Damn. All over the place. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah, be intriguing to see what he uh, what he gets up to there. Mm. Um, they also had the uh, Killer Kelly, didn't he? Knocking about the tapings there. She's yeah. rumored to be signed. 
Nice. And um, they did actually sign um, Masha Slamovic, who is a standout. She'd, been, she'd done work with AW. She did her own show for Beyond Wrestling called Borscht at the Beach, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, she's meant she's meant to be awesome. I think she did some stuff with NWA as well. Okay. Uh, I'm going to check out some of the stuff she's done on Dark. I'm going to go check, get a sec. And um, yeah, moving on to the final bit of news. Uh, and I can confirm this because I saw the spoiler. Dear old Davey Meltzer noted on the Wrestling Observer Radio that he's heard Josh Alexander is going to be getting the next big push in Impact. Um, <clears throat> spoilers for anyone who does follow Impact and doesn't want spoilers. Um, he actually uh, cashed in option C on Christian Cage this week or next week, I think, on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. On Impact. Impact, yeah. Um, option C for anyone who doesn't know is uh, if you're the X Division champion, you can actually relinquish the championship for a title, world title opportunity. Oh, damn. Which is, which is what he's done. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah. Um, That's it's, really it, cool. It's a really cool way Impact, like, kind of, they use it as a way to sort of, like, get the belt off them without them losing the belt. So they've got yeah. them and go straight into a world title feud. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's really cool. And Josh Alexander seem like, it's what's weird about this is that his contract is up in I think he said May next year. Okay. So, and I, I mean, I'm, I might be being selfish saying this, but I want him to leave Impact and go to AW and reform the North with Ethan Page because <laughs> I like Men of the Year, but I love the North. Um, <laughs> it could be the the Men of the North. All three. They could. <laughs> they could just be the like have a trio as the men of the year and have Scorpio Sky just be the singles guy and then yeah, Paige and Alexander just murdering people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Josh Al- Josh Alexander's body of work this year is oh, outstanding. Like so, that X Division match at Slam of was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he had that Iron Man match uh, not that long ago. He's just been killing it, absolutely yeah. fucking killing it. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I mean, it's one of those things. He, he's probably going to be quite gutted that they were teasing that it was going to be him and Kenny. Mm. And Kenny dropped the Impact title to Christian, and now it's going to be Christian and Josh. It's like, oh. But there's also rumors that we're getting Jay White and Kenny on um, Bound for Glory. So, you know, oh, damn. Swings and roundabouts. But yeah, Bound for Glory is shaping up to be a huge show. Yeah. Might do a cheeky, cheeky watch along. I think we should because they've already said there's going to be triple um, A talent, New Japan talent, and AEW talent on the show. Like um, on the trailer, they put out like the end of it by flashing those three logos and then saying like the date. I think it's like the twenty second or twenty third of October. Sweet, probably do a watch yeah. them. We did last time, didn't we? Didn't we do one for that? I can't we remember. Did, we did Bound for Glory last year, yeah. Um, yeah, and we were going to do Slammiversary this year. Um, mm. We ended up just watching it like on Discord. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we d- we do have as well. Uh, that that's the last of our news, but we do have some uh, mailbag questions. Oh, okay. Well, we've got a few actually. So our very own Big Tasty has said, "Is Flair gone forever?" Uh, with him doing damage control before the next episode of Dark Side, surely he's too hot to handle now. I'd say so. 
I, I don't think forever. I didn't touch up before. I think it's, it's he's going to get the Hogan treatment. They're going to let him cool the heat cool down, and then it's like wheel up the legend again. Mm. I don't. I don't think I'll. I'll say that. Say it this way. I don't think he's going to go to AEW. No. I. I think Tony Khan's quite good at like distancing himself from stuff like that. If there's people who are like a lightning rod for controversy, he yeah. doesn't want anything to do with them because he doesn't want to damage the company, which is... Hence fair. why Tessa Blanchard isn't sorry for them yet. <laughs> and why he said that Hulk, like Hulk and Linda Hogan are both banned from his company. Mm. <laughs> fair. Um, fair. <laughs> yeah. So, but I can absolutely see Vince in like three or four years' time going, here's Ric Flair! Oh, Christ. And also Mexico, he's absolutely going to show up with Andrade again in Triple A. Mm. Um, they don't give a shit in Mexico, um, <laughs> or Puerto Rico apparently, because Marty Scale got booked there this week. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Big Tasty's also said is 1.5 million viewers the next magic milestone for AW. If so, how do they get there? Are they stuck at around 1.2? Well. They pulled just literally just shy of 1.3 for round uh, for Grand Slam Dynamite. I think 1.5 is like that's Raw Raw's kind of skirting around 1.6, 1.7 at the moment, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So the fact that they've got it that close to Raw that quickly is impressive. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people really like fascinate and look into ratings and stuff and, and think it's the be all and end all. Like, really, ratings only matter for the TV networks, don't they? And uh, they want to see big numbers. Yeah. It's, but it's, for, it's, for the viewer, whether you're watching it on that network or Fight TV or whatever, like, it's here or there. As long as they're putting on good stuff, I don't care how many people are tuning in. I'd be intrigued to see how much the Fight TV numbers factor into it. Because they don't include streaming stuff, do they? No. Mm. They don't. I don't think they include the TNT app either. So oh, that's okay. Where I'd, I'd be intrigued to see how much that factors into it, whether they'd actually like match Raw or even beat it. Um, I think they'd match yeah. it. Absolutely. If they I include the stuff like that, they'd match it at least. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the thing is with um, with the ratings, is it all, it, it's more from a business standpoint, the reason it's good is because it like kind of, it, it helps uh, like, helps them get like better advertising deals and stuff like that. So like if an advertising company sees like, oh, AW's done like this number, oh, Bro's done this number in this mm-hmm. time slot. Well, that if that many people are watching, I'm gonna I'm gonna like give them a shit ton of money to put my yeah, product. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it's more it's more of a business thing. Um would I like to see AW match raw for ratings? Absolutely. I think it'd be the rocket book Vince's RC needs. Yeah. But who knows? That being said, easy he was saying, wasn't he? That Grand Slams mm-hmm. changed the game and like Vince is going to fucking react to that one. Yep. And I think it's, I think it pulled like the, the, uh, third biggest like rating of all time for AW. Hmm. No um, surprise. Or, also, I've just realized uh, 1.5 million viewers they actually had on the, um, the Elite and Brian Danielson segment after, on the Dynamite after All Out. Damn. They, they got like a 1.4. Okay, um, for quick quick spike. And then they got like the spike of uh, 1.5 on that segment. Mm. Adam Cole was tweeting about it. Um, nice. Moving on to Faye now. Uh, what's your thoughts on Buddy Matthews reportedly signing for 
impact and some people saying that AW passed up on him. Um, I think he's a good fit for impact. He's a good fit for impact. I'd have loved to have seen him go to, to AEW. There's already story there with Black. But saying that, there's the working relationship with AEW and Impact, which we all know about. So it's not to say that they can't do something there. But I think not to say that he'd get lost in the shuffle in AEW, but I think they've kind of they've acquired a decent amount of talent recently. He's yeah. arguably like he, he is a big net, and I think a lot of people really want to see him do well. And then whilst he would do well in AEW, I don't think he'd be slotted in straight up there. Impact, however, I think he could go in there and okay. yeah, without a doubt. Give him, give him a feud with Josh Alexander for the Impact World title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, his style's very similar to Kenny's, so that would probably mean, like, add to him getting lost in the shuffle, because it's like... We've already got a guy that can do that. You've already got, like, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like, no disrespect to Buddy Matthews, but you've already got Kenny Omega. That being mm. said, where he's one of those wrestlers where wherever he ends up, I'm going to follow, because I'm a big, big fan of him. Yeah, for sure. Him. And finally, uh, Faye has another question. Do you think AW's obvious success at the minute is overshadowing other promotions and they obviously have zero, that they obviously have zero problem crossing over with? That's a really good question. Um, what was the question? Sorry, just repeat that. Do, do you think AW's obvious success at the minute is overshadowing other promotions that they obviously have a wit, uh, have zero problem crossing over with? I think she oh, means like Impact. Like impact. Uh, impact New Japan. Um, May, well, mainly Impact New Japan. I know they've got like a working relationship with AAA, but we rarely yeah, see that I, crossover. I've heard a rumour of another company, but I don't, I don't know if there's any credence to it yet. So, Who's that? Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I don't think it's overshot because I think, I think in the bit before this whole, like, because AEW's been a hot topic now, like for... You know, basically since Punk arrived in the building, mm. and it's it's kind of it's on that that rise. Not that it wasn't before, but it feels like it's on that trajectory. It feels and, like they've took it to another level, though. Since, yeah, since Punk shown up. Yeah, yeah, sure. and that, that's that's what I mean. Um, but I think prior to that, I think they've done a good enough job of kind of raising the stock, certainly of Impact. I don't watch as much New Japan, but certainly of Impact, raising the stock of Impact, getting more eyes on Impact in not just the weeks, but months before Punk showed up. So I think now that they're on that kind of crest of everyone's got all eyes in AEW, just as, not just as many, but there's, there's more people watching Impact than there were six months ago, a year ago, because of the work that they put in prior to everything kicking off of AEW. More so, people watching New Japan Strong as well now, because of, yeah, yeah. of the AEW guys showing up, yeah. So I don't, I don't think it overshadows it because I think they did. I think they put the building blocks in there to really get some new eyes on it. And yeah. this will die down. And I say die down. The ratings will still keep up. It will still be the best thing to watch as far as wrestling goes. But I think that kind of excitement of old oh, punks here, old oh, Brian's here, like Adam Cole's here, that will die off in six months time or whatever. And then we'll go back to the same, we'll get that crossover bit and, where maybe the stocks kind of dropped a bit, viewership numbers have dropped and stuff like Impact or whatever. They build it back up again like that and we potentially get crossovers of fucking Punk and Impact or Punk showing up here. I don't know, speculation, but I don't think it overshadows it too much. Yeah, I, I think I think it's one of those things. Uh, a high tide raises all ships. Um, yeah. 
and AEW obviously uh, elevating all these other companies around them and like e- even like guys like from AEW showing up or, or vice versa guys from like these companies showing up on like AEW Dark and then it's like oh go watch it go watch it mm-hmm. um, I-, I think I think we'll probably see more like I think there'll be less sort of overshadowing, so to speak, when like the pandemic dies down a bit, and when right. especially when Japan's like not like in a state of emergency, yeah, like it is. Mm. Um, when when there's like going to be a bit more free travel between like US and Japan, I think there'll be a lot more AW guys over in Japan. Obviously, there's talk of Mox doing the G1 again. Of Punk and Brian both want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think next year's G1 is probably gonna. Provided everything massive, provided everything's back to normal, because Kenny's talking about doing it again as well. Mm. Um, and like it's something like me and Big Tasty was talking about it. I think me and you spoke about it. Like, do the G one in America? Yeah, man. They they did the open. They did the opening of the tournament in America a few years ago. Just do the whole fucking thing in America, or Bring- do like what you were saying. They, they did with the women's tournament, yeah. an American and Japanese bracket. Oh yeah. Do A block in Japan, B block in, in AW. Yeah. Um, that'd be good. But yeah, I, I, I think once the world opens up a bit more, there'll be a bit more emphasis on these other companies that are working with AW. Yeah. Right now it's it's easy for AW to kind of be like the sort of home tier for all these like other promotions mm. when like doing the crossover and then like obviously. Uh, AW have had like a few guys jump over to Impact and do a bit there. Uh, Impact's tag team champions, the Good Brothers, keep showing up on it on AW yeah. and um, New Japan Strong. But I think as as everything's opening up, I think we're going to see a lot more sort of collaboration and a lot more sort of elevation for these other companies. And yeah. e- even even like GCW, the champion at the moment, is John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. Who'd have thought at the start of this year we'd see Nick Gage wrestle Chris Jericho and fucking AW Dynam? Mental, like absolutely it's, bad. I, I think, I think it's it's good it's good advertising for all these other companies, even like down to like John Moxley entering that all out in the GCW hoodie. Yeah, like it's it, it's it's AW's always going to have like the sort of like the majority of the people crossing over to do work there mm. because. One, they've got a TV deal, and two, as you said, they're like the kind of hot topic at the moment of the buzz, the the thing everyone's got the buzz about. So, yeah, as opposed to having them go, oh, we're sending this guy here, watch if you want. They can go, this guy from this company is coming to us to wrestle for this mm-hmm. show. Yeah, like, WWE did a slim a similar thing a couple of years ago when they had Liger show up and take over. Yeah, man, and a huge deal over the fact that, that Liger in. Tyler Tyler Breeze. Breeze. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. They were like they made a big deal about Jushin Thunder Liger is coming to us to wrestle in this match. Mm. Come and see it. We're a big deal. The the similar thing with Ibushi in the uh, in the uh, The Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was like Kota Ibushi from from off of the New Japan is coming to us to wrestle here. Mm. So Zack Sabre Jr. from New Japan to wrestle in this tournament. This is a big deal. And they, they offered them shitty contracts and they went, nah. <laughs> <Go back. laughs> You're all right, um, mate. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, I, I think either way, I, I think that it's everyone benefits from it. I, yeah. I I can see like I mean, 
I was watching Impact like for a couple of weeks uh, after like Kenny after Kenny showing up and won the belt. I was watching it for a bit and then I was kind of I got bored of it, but I was just like I don't have the time. Mm. That's an awful lot of wrestling but, to watch. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where I, I'm sure like Impact now. I'm always going to check out the pay, like the big pay per views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know they're going to like Bound for Glory sounds incredible. That, mm. That's going to be like one of the shows of the year potentially. Slammiversary mm. was one of my favorite shows I've seen this year because yeah. it was just so fun. Um, so while I think while I think that a lot of the smaller companies will probably get like under AW shadow, I don't I don't necessarily think they're going to get overshadowed by them. No, I no. think if anything, it's just going to bring new eyes to the product. Mm-hmm. I'll be a trip, trip feeding them in, but it's still, still like I like the amount of buzz that Mox got for wearing that GCW hoodie. He was insane. <laughs> People yeah, were like, "What yeah. the fuck's GCW?" I'm checking it out. Yeah, yeah, Sweet. some good questions. As they are some very good questions. I like doing, I like doing questions on news. Yeah, man. Um, more of that, more of that. Because it's like just an open forum to ask whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's been it. Um, anything to add before we knock no. this one on there? No? No. No more breaking news? No, not, I haven't got anything. No. Sad news about uh, Matt Cardona retiring from Deathmatch Wrestling this week as well. <laughs> Made me real sad though. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah thanks for joining us on this uh, epic journey of news um, we will catch you next time also we've got uh, we've got uh, our first interview coming out next week as well which we'll be doing later today keep an Indeed. eye out on, on that we've already put in the discord about who it is if you want to get your questions out at by the time this gets posted, you might not have time, but we'll see. Oh, you will. This this will get yeah. posted today, within the hour. Oh, within the hour? Okay. Yeah. In that case, you'll have probably about four hours or so. <laughs> ask us a question. Um, yeah. That'll be cool. All right. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, join the Discord, join Twitter, blah, blah, blah. See you next time. Bye. Bye. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>